Hello and welcome to series three of the Why I Knit podcast. My name is Dr Mia Hobbs and I'm a clinical psychologist who's passionate about knitting and its benefits for our mental health. Each week on the podcast I interview a different knitter about why they knit and how it benefits their mental health. Before I introduce this week's guest, I just wanted to let you know that I've started a Patreon for anyone who wants to support the podcast. At the moment, there are two tiers at which you can support the podcast. The first one, you get access to our community. So I hope that this will be a place where like-minded people who are using knitting for their well-being can come and chat to each other, share their knitting successes and challenges, ask for help and share resources. And then there's another tier where I'll be hosting a knit night from 7 to 8 p.m. on the first Thursday of the month. That's UK time. So if you're interested, you can go to the Patreon website and search for the Why I Knit podcast. This week on the podcast, I'm joined by Eileen Jack. Eileen is a knitter and relatively new designer. I was interested in a post that she'd written on Instagram about why she knits and what knitting brings to her life. So I hope you'll enjoy our conversation. Eileen, welcome to the podcast. Hi Mia, thank you for having me. You're welcome, thank you for joining me. Um, so I always start with asking where your story with knitting began. Yes, um, my story with knitting, it's quite a long one, I'll sort of skip over lots of it. I actually learned to knit as a child um, My and learned from my mom. Um, my mom's always been a keen knitter and I can recall it was one summer. I can't remember how old I was. Um, we were away at a lake house and uh, my mom, my godmother and myself were sitting there and my mom was teaching the two of us to knit. Um, and it was, it, I don't even know where it went. It was a small, it was a child's hat and it was one of those ones that's like a strawberry. So it's funny because I'm slightly uh, terrified of color work these days, but actually my first knitting project was color work. Uh, that's knitting quite a hat complicated for a first project. Yeah, so um, learned as a child, didn't particularly take it too seriously. I suppose as seriously as any child can take sort of a hobby or a craft. And it's been something that's come in in and out of my life um, throughout the years. Picked it up again in high school, um, picked it up again for a bit in college. Actually, a couple of friends and I started a knitting society at my college. Uh, Mm -hmm. If it still exists, I have no idea. as a graduate student, sort of dabbled off and on in it, knowing it was something that I enjoyed, something that relaxed me, but so busy with other things and so busy with life. Um, and then also, I think, too, just it's it's easy to it can be quite it's easy enough when you're at your home and you can steal a yarn from your mother's stash or, you know, borrow knitting needles, whereas having to build up your own supply. Um, so so really, after my Ph.D., um, and after a few years of employment, I, I came back to knitting in 2019 um, and came back with it as a way to cope with some um, really challenging personal circumstances going through some some health issues, um, just some well-being issues, dealing with a bit of, of burnout and things like that, um, and really just fell in love with it again and realized how valuable um, and relaxing it was for me and and just getting me out of my own head and giving me that space. And and there's something for me about the actual creation of something and working with my hands and that being able to to create things um, and then go on to gift them. Um, I I keep very little of what I knit. I tend to gift it. Um, So yeah, and then really in 2019, after returning to it, moving more into the realm of designing a bit 
Um, so taking things and interests in my life, um, I'm learning, I'm learning to speak Irish. Um, and so things like Irish language and culture and landscape and mythology and all of these things, just conjuring up things in my, in my head and, and wanting to kind of come up with a way to create them. And, um, I'm not a great artist when it comes to drawing, but there's something for me about crafting with yarn and the ability to, uh, create something that speaks those those images and those things that I'm daydreaming about. Um, Do you think there's a um, it gives you something different the designing versus the knitting? Definitely. In terms of what you get for from it from for your I don't know well being or just what boxes it ticks for you. Definitely, yeah. I think I do. I do love knitting, um, and there's something lovely about sitting down with a pattern. Um, and I've done some test knitting for other designers. I still enjoy doing that. That that ability to be part of that community and play in. And, and I think there's something quite fun too when you're knitting something that other people have made as well. Um, and that sense of you're making a sweater and many other people have made that sweater, but they've made it in a different yarn or a different, a different fiber, a different color. Uh, maybe they've tailored it slightly different to themselves and that ability to be part of a collective yet also express yourself in an individual way. Um, and I think the, designing is a bit more about putting something out there and uh, really putting a bit of almost yourself out there in a way mm. um, it doesn't necessarily come with when you're following another another pattern you're still part of that collective but it's it's a different kind of contribution um, in mm. a way so it feels maybe a bit more personal like self-expression definitely I think that's a very accurate way of putting it mm. yeah and I'm interested when you went back to knitting in 2019, did you deliberately think this is something that might help my well-being, or did you kind of just happen to start knitting and then figure out along the way? Because I think I was certainly the latter, like I was doing it and then later realized it was helpful. <laughs> Whereas other people I think are more realize it beforehand and then go back to it. If you see what I mean? Yeah, I totally understand. I think maybe a bit of both. I think it was one of those things where looking for um, looking for things that would contribute to well-being um, and, and I think balancing out what I was doing for my well-being as well. For quite a time, I was a, a, a very serious runner and I still love running, um, but I certainly found that when I was running and if I had an injury and I couldn't run, I would feel a, a dip in my well-being because I didn't have something else to do so I think I went back to it um, and I think maybe I initially anticipated it would contribute to my well-being and knowing that it would um, and then it was probably the impatience of me going is this really contributing to my well-being and then when I stopped thinking about it and just enjoyed it mm. I realized actually this is something that's really helpful for me and I feel so much more relaxed and and it's it's kind of become one of those things where now if I go for quite a few days without doing a few stitches, I, I really get the itch to do yeah, it. And, I feel exactly the same, actually. Yeah. And I was actually at the dentist the other day and I was in the waiting room um, and I was waiting for about an extra 10, 15 minutes. And there was part of me that was, you know, I don't mind the dentist, but, you know, like anybody else, I'm sure we all get a little antsy when there's a dental appointment or something like that. And um, I was going, oh, it would be so good if I had my knitting here just to squeeze a few stitches in, <laughs> just sort of get out of my head and relax for a bit. Yeah, I always bring my knitting to the dentist. <laughs> yeah, it was a rookie mistake. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
oh, that's interesting so it sounds like once you I like the idea of having like a I can't remember how you put it but having like a variety of things for your well-being because I think that's exactly right no one thing is going to be the answer for your entire well-being but I think there is there are ways in which knitting is quite practical like that you could bring it to the dentist for example or um fit in a few stitches when you've got small children if a nap lasts long enough or <laughs> yeah absolutely yes I definitely remember uh being on maternity leave there was the nap knitting and I find like compared to sewing which I do really enjoy but I don't get the same amount of time to actually get the sewing machine out on a table and sit down and do something it's just a bit more lead out yeah time sewing is definitely required. uh it's definitely something I want to get into um I think there's kind of that element of being slightly impatient and knowing that I would have to go back to being a beginner with it um so it's definitely something on my radar that I would I would like to do and like to learn more about um particularly given there's some incredible seamstresses in my family okay yeah um so I'm interested in like the ways in which you think knitting benefits your well-being like what do you think you get from it specifically yeah, I suppose it depends on the type of knitting for me um, as well. There's certainly, um, there's the knitting that you can do after a long, hard day and you're maybe a little tired and there's maybe a, a, a bit of a TV series or a film on Netflix or Prime or you know, even just the television. Um, and it is just that sort of getting a little bit out of your head, working with your hands, that bit of movement, um, the break from a screen as well. Um, one of the things I've certainly found um, is I used to always work off of paper patterns and I patterns and I'm trying to go paperless. Um, and it does sort of bring in that added screen time. So sometimes when I'm aware that I maybe just need a break from the screen, it's been a long, hard day. Um, it's, it's nice to just have something that I can kind of relax and not think too much about. Um, and then I think for me, there's the designing where it's that really just playing around. I, I learn and, and I have to do things to really appreciate them. So I might think of something in my head and it might not work. Um, so I sort of call that playing with yarn. To me, that's a little bit like the my version of getting in the sandbox and just taking the toys and seeing what, what, what comes out of it. And what does that um, look like? Is that like knitting swatches? Yes, yes. And for a long time, I was resistant, not resistant to knitting swatches, but I think there's probably quite a few knitters and crafters where we swatch because we need to check our gauge to, for the project. So it almost becomes something that we have to do. And I actually do think with designing, it's helped me um, appreciate that swatching is knitting in its own right. Um, mm -hmm. And it, it is a really helpful thing to do. Um, and, and it's that opportunity to play around and test and there, there's, there's no risk, you know, if you, if you make a sweater and it doesn't quite fit right, you're quite frustrated, aren't you? Mm. Um, whereas if you just take a bit of time and a bit of scrap, it's a great way to use up a bit of scrap yarn. I'm trying to think of something to do with my swatches. I, I'll have to sort of compile them by weight and, uh, I don't know, maybe try and create some Afghans or something mm. like that, um, with my swatches. And then I think there's the knitting for me. That's the stretching yourself um so that that learning a new skill or getting curious about your craft um despite having been a knitter since i was a child i only learned in the last year that i would knit combination um so i purl eastern whereas i knit western 
and actually learning that that's not the wrong way to do it, but actually what that then means when I'm even reading a pattern um, and how that can help me and even just learning different techniques. Um, so I, I mentioned earlier and, and I keep telling myself I'm going to do it. I have a beautiful kit up the stairs for a color work yoke sweater. And I keep going, this is the year I do that sweater. This is the year I do that sweater. <laughs> um, I bought it for a very dear friend. It's it it just I saw it and it screamed her, the colors, everything about it. Um, I have sent her a photo of it because I was going, Oh, this is your sweater for your birthday. Um, she's had quite a few birthdays since I sent the photo. <laughs> um, but I will, I will tackle it. And I think I think the well-being benefit there is maybe not as immediate but it's that longer term when you look back and go I couldn't do that and now I can mm. um, or I've learned how to do that and look at look at how much my knitting has improved or um, I now know that when because of the way I knit if I read this pattern the way it's written I need to adapt it slightly and that that's okay that the, the the pattern is a recipe um, so I think for me there's that dedication to building the craft. Um, I don't know if I kind of have a romantic notion of, of knitting, but that idea that this is something that people have done for, for centuries and uh, that it's, it's, a, it's a form and an artwork um, and a very practical one at that. And I think that just working with your hands and, and developing your skills and growing as a knitter is something that you probably never really can stop doing. Yeah. Uh, so mm -hmm. I think there's that... And maybe in the instances like that, it's frustrating. So it can feel like this, you're going, I'm meant to be doing this for fun. This is what I'm meant to do to relax. I'm meant to be doing this for my well-being. But that long-term goal and the confidence that that can give you actually, and how that can translate into other aspects of your life. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a reformed drama kid, I suppose as reformed as one can be. I will always love a musical, <laughs> love the stage and theater. But, you know, likewise with my running, I um, would have thought I could never run and I've run seven marathons. So wow. I think just the confidence that it gives you in those ways to do things. Um, so do you think there's some kind of crossover that you can kind of apply what you've learned in one field and then put that on a, a new thing you want to try? Yeah, I do think, I think it's that, you know, there's something about knitting that can make you fearless, which I know sounds kind of silly, but if you, if you think to, even when you first learn to knit, you know, and, and funny thinking about my first project, there was probably that element of uh, juvenile fearlessness where we're very courageous and we don't worry and don't think about things. For me, there is something that you can translate and take from your knitting and it's maybe not immediate, but if you think, I think if you think where you were when you first picked up yarn and needles and didn't really know, or you think about the, I imagine many beginning knitters, I know myself, I made more than one of these, uh, the scarf that started with maybe 10 stitches and grew to about 15 at one stage. And, uh, you know, you think about these things and you think about sort of the mistakes that you made with your knitting um, and, and how those things you don't even think about anymore and you take for granted. Um, and that actually it can it can give you that confidence to try other things and put yourself out there if mm. you if, if you if you want to, I suppose. I think I definitely agree about mistakes. I think I've been a lot more tolerant of. Because I just think like all really good knitters still make mistakes, like I still have just unraveled an entire color work sweater because I wasn't happy with the fit and I don't feel like it's a perfectionist thing. I feel like it's a. Well, I actually really want that to fit in a certain way 
and I like knitting. So it's not like the therapy was lost because <laughs> yeah. I did all the knitting. <laughs> but I think uh, I definitely have give myself an easier time for making mistakes in other areas as like seeing it more as a learning process, which I can in knitting, but probably not so good at in other areas of my life, perhaps. Mm. Oh, I was interested in um, whether particular kind of types of things, I don't know, does the material make a difference, like colour or uh, the fibre? Do they make a difference to, I don't know, how therapeutic knitting is for you? It's an interesting question. I'm not sure. I, I haven't. Um, it's interesting to link how therapeutic I feel from the knitting from the fiber because um, it's something I haven't considered too much I, I certainly have sort of have a preference towards more natural fibers mm -hmm. I found if I'm if I'm buying something for myself um, you know things even like a wool blend or something like that um, but last year I was making a sweater for a friend's daughter um, and she picked the color and she picked the yarn and it was this lovely bright bubblegum pink um, acrylic yarn not anything I would have picked for myself mm. um, and it, it knit up great looked great um, and and there was maybe something quite cheery about the color mm. so there's definitely there's definitely something about the colors and the attraction to the colors I would say but I haven't quite considered the the fiber um, I suppose in my my ever increasing um, uh, fascination with learning as much as I can about knitting I've been thinking a lot about fiber in relation to uh, drape and what's the perfect yarn for the perfect project and things mm. like that and trying to build that into my head um, but but I wouldn't call myself an expert on it just yet mm. but it's something I'm going to have to think about going forward. Mm. Okay and I, I wanted to ask about gifting like how much of that is a part of the I don't know enjoyment of knitting for you because it seems like that's something you do a lot. Yeah absolutely it's it's quite funny for for the amount of knitting that I do I realized I have very few knitted uh, finished items for myself that I can wear on a regular basis. A, a few accessories and a couple of sweaters, but that's about it. There is certainly something for me about the, the gifting um, of knitting and making something for another person. Um, and in that process, even just thinking about that person and the relationship you have with that person. So if you're making it intentionally for somebody else, um, I find that quite fun. Um, recently, I did a sweater for um, a former colleague's wife as a Christmas present, and it was a big surprise for her. And we worked together um, on the whole thing. Um, so he's he was saying, you know, something that was traditional Irish. And I said, well, I, I actually haven't met his wife. They live abroad. And I said, could you tell me a bit about your about your wife? Um, and it was just it was just lovely you know he didn't he didn't he told me she likes green uh he showed me a photo of her um but it was what he talked about was her kindness and her generosity um and you know the the what a wonderful friend she was and um it was just very poetic the way he spoke about her and it became this really fun collaboration to make this sweater for somebody who I hadn't actually met but I knew the meaning behind it yeah um, and then also, I think just even in my personal relationships, the ability to make something for people. So actually, um, it was it was a gift that got delivered, a gift that got delivered a year or two late. Um, but I did a blanket for my younger brother and his wife. Um, they had done a trip to Ireland. And while we were there, we were in the uh, I think the Aran sweater market or one of those shops there. 
and we were looking at the traditional clan iron patterns and it just the idea came to me to go you know this has been such a fun trip this has been such a fun memory um i'm gonna make them a blanket using those patterns um now i i I was slightly ambitious. I, I don't particularly enjoy uh, seaming projects. So rather than knitting big squares, I just got really long circular needles and knit it flat. But it then turned out to be a, a king size Afghan blanket made with iron weight yarn. Um, I think I calculated uh, there was near 5,000 yards of yarn and over 165,000 stitches in it. Um, but by the same token, every single stitch was special and, and meaningful and it didn't really feel like work because uh, it was so special um, kind of thing. So yeah, I- Did you have to ship it to the US? I did, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had a I had a very interesting way of folding it and a vacuum bag became my friend and things like that. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I think there is that wonderful thing about um, giving something to somebody and something that's homemade. And particularly if you're able to make it in a color that they like, um, you know, or if you see something and you go, uh, oh, that reminds me of this person. Um, and that ability to really just tailor it to that person as well is something that I, I get a lot of enjoyment out of. Mm. Yeah, it sounds like you really enjoy that planning part, like making it mean something. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And then that's true in your designs as well, that the, the idea of them meaning something. Reflecting yeah, something. definitely. Yeah, because actually one of my one of my designs, um, one of my more popular designs is uh, called the Brona Infinity Scarf. Um, and it's actually named after a friend uh, named Brona. And it was a gift for um, a milestone birthday that she had. And the everything in the design actually is a is something in tribute to her. So there's a diamond panel um, because her surname's Diamond. Um, and then there's a blackberry stitch on the borders and the blackberry stitch uses three stitches in one and that's because she has three children okay. um, and it was just something that came out as like a gift for her and um, I actually said to her you know this is a gift for you but would you mind if I wrote this up as a pattern and actually sold it because I've been sharing photos of it and people have loved it and she goes absolutely um, and it's it's been one that's been incredibly well received and I think there's something quite fun about the fact that uh it is so it's so personal, but actually it has that sort of appeal to others. Yeah. Um, and able to, able to make that as well. And is it have you shared the story? Um I have. There's a little uh I do have a little bit on the uh pattern write-up about how it's a it's a celebration of this particular person. Yeah, because that's a really nice idea. And I think I don't know, as a knitter, I I like it when there's a story behind, <laughs> you know, a pattern that it's not just pretty. <laughs> Eileen, could you tell me about a significant knitting project for you? Sure. Um, I suppose I've already sort of mentioned two of them. So now I'm trying to think of another one. Well, I suppose just um, some of my designs um, that, again, they, they, they sort of find ways of having meaning to them, don't they? Um, there was one that I did um, quite recently. There was a, it was actually, it was going to be, and this goes back to our, conversation about uh, mistakes and making mistakes actually and and learning as you go and and I suppose me being in my sandbox with my yarn um, for the longest time I had the idea for a scarf um, and I had this idea for this beautiful super chunky yarn um, most of all my patterns at the minute are accessories um, and uh, hoping to move more into garment design but you know wanting to do that when I feel a bit more 
confident and understand, um, you know, sizing and grading and, and drape and those sorts of things. So certainly something I have my, my eye on um, as I move forward and a challenge that I'm going to set for myself. Um, but yeah, so most of mine are accessories, um, sort of unisex, maybe more geared towards, um, towards women. So this scarf was going to be sort of my, my move into maybe more of a menswear sort of scarf, something that I could see being made for, for a man or made by a man kind of thing. And um, it was inspired by the town of RD um, and driving through RD in the, in the Irish epic, the Tain, there is a, um, there's a battle that takes place between the Ulster hero Cúchulainn and the warrior of Connacht Ferdia. Um, who were foster brothers and there it's a whole long legend so my idea was to have this scarf and it was going to kind of be half Cucullin and half Ferdia just this one scarf mm -hmm. and I sort of very quickly realized halfway through that no I don't like that idea no I don't like that um, and I suppose my my idea of my scarf inspired by the Irish epic became an epic in its own right because it then turned into a collection okay <laughs> So it became the Cucullin scarf and the Ferdia cowl and then the Ath scarf. So the battle was at a Ford, so Ath being the Ford. Um, and then a, a, a pattern that could either be a headband or a bracelet um, kind of thing. And it, it it's funny, I think there was a lot of ambition there. It was quite a lot of, um, and a lot of patience with some wonderful testers who signed up for one and then signed up for another and then signed up for the <laughs> next. And, and even the patience of waiting for the final like whole patterns to be out um, in the process of it. But that was launched last year. And um, I think it felt like a very significant moment for me as a, as a knitter and a designer in the sense that it was my first real collection. Mm -hmm. um, and that it was the, it didn't just become that one piece that actually out of all that creativity, there came the, became the four pieces. And um, yeah, I suppose, I suppose there was a lot of learning in it for me. Do you know that idea of actually, um, you know, it is okay to play around. It's okay to change your mind and it's okay to keep things simple. Um, but it was uh it was definitely sort of a significant moment, I think, in my sort of designing career and my relationship with knitting and things like that. Mm. Uh, so I think I think that was probably. But, you know, I think in terms of significance for me, something like the blanket that I already mentioned or even the Brona Infinity scarf, you know, they have so much personal meaning to me. They would be quite significant projects in their own right. Mm. And that must have been really special to be able to finally get to the point. I guess the blanket took quite a long time to make. It did. Yeah, there was certainly <laughs> there was certainly a moment when um, I realized that I wasn't going to get it done in time for the Christmas that I hoped for. Um, so I, I bought some small gifts um, and, you know, wrapped them up. And then I actually wrapped up um, I wrapped up a photo of the blanket, you know, still on its needles as to where it was. And yeah. um, I go, oh, and this is your this is your real Christmas present, but it's taking a little while. Um, so it, it sort of became became quite a quite an epic blanket, uh, but well loved and well used. So we had a a uh, in one of the knitting group I run in a secondary school locally, where somebody wanted was knitting a scarf for their mum, and then it was all of a sudden a week till the mum's birthday, and then we're kind of we're having a discussion about well what could could this be something by Wednesday do you have to wrap it up <laughs> with the needle still in it which I've certainly done many times <laughs> for <laughs> gifts <laughs> and then take it back and finish it and deliver yeah. it in February 
so I always end with asking what's the most significant or what's the greatest gift knitting has given you for the rest of your life I don't know if you think what's the biggest thing you've got from knitting I think um I think there's been quite a few gifts to my life from knitting you know I think um I think even just learning about it and you know the well-being you know those those kind of intangible things I think for me that that gifting element um is quite good and I think I think it's one of those things where knitting can become almost a form of self-discovery and I think one of the challenges that I would really like to set for myself this year with my knitting um is to knit a bit more for myself Hmm. um and in doing so I think it's one of those things about learning what is it that I particularly like about clothing or, you know, you were saying about the color work sweater and wanting it to fit quite right. Um, and so what is the, what are the things that make me feel confident and feel good um, and, and feel really um, proud and, and, you know, that, that sort of self-love that can come from knitting, you know, and I think that that ability that, you know, you're, you're making something for yourself um, and the, I think the statements that that makes not only in the sort of physical way of being able to tailor something that suits you, but actually uh, saying I'm investing this time, um, you know, and investing this time. And, and I think that's also maybe something about why I do love knitting gifts, because it's, it's able to take the feelings that you have for somebody and go, you know, I feel so strongly, I care so much about this person. Um, I have such wonderful memories with this person. This person has been such a gift to me that being able to invest myself and my time in it in this way um, means means something to me. Um, yeah. brings brings me a sense of joy, uh, but hopefully also brings a sense of joy to that other person and helps them uh, see and feel the amount of appreciation. Um, that I have for the gift in their life. So I really do think, I, I suppose I have a love affair with knitting, but I also think the gift of knitting for me is that ability to spread, express love for yourself and love for others. Hmm. I guess it sounds similar to like some people do it through food, I suppose, don't they? Like creating food for people that they care yeah. about. And it sounds like you've got all this energy and care that it, knitting is a way of channeling it into those stitches. Yeah, I think that's a very probably fair way of um, putting it, you know. Yeah. So your challenge is to knit more for yourself? I think so. I tend yeah. to I tend to knit things. Um, and even when I sometimes knit something for myself, I sort of maybe realize halfway through, oh, do you know who this really reminds me of? And I think this would <laughs> be great. And then, you know, you wind up actually gifting it um, and, and the joy. But yeah, I think to maybe try and knit a bit more for myself, um, particularly, I suppose, as well, because... Um, I have been very fortunate um, and been gifted with some beautiful yarns um, from family members and some fr from friends and things like that. And they kind of sit in the closet uh, for that perfect project or for that perfect day or when I finally get time to knit something for myself. And they are so beautiful and it just feels uh, like a shame to have them sitting hiding in a closet. Um, so I'm, I'm going to bust open the good yarn and, and absolutely use yeah. it and whether I use it for myself or I use it for others that's okay you know I think actually enjoying it um you know and and that it's it was it was a gift and meant to be enjoyed so just enjoying it rather than mm. saving it yeah because I think that you know I certainly even if I buy some really 
lovely yarn that becomes a gift, I get the gift of <laughs> having spent all those hours <laughs> on knitting it. I know, absolutely. Oh, and, and all the beautiful colors. There's so many amazing, um, the so many amazing skeins and things like that, you know, the the different colors and the the, the number of independent dyers that are doing some really clever things. Um, I actually, I received a gift card at Christmas from my brother for um, Wild Atlantic yarns. And I had had my eye on them for so long and he actually didn't appreciate how long I had wanted yarn from Wild Atlantic yarns. But I think, I think for me, what was holding me back was their colors are so beautiful and they offer nearly every color in so many different weights and different fibers. And it was a little bit like, you know, almost like going into being a kid in the ice cream store and going, there's too many flavors. I want every single flavor um, and trying to decide exactly what flavor it was. So they were certainly a place where I've always had the browser open. Um, and then, but actually um, one of the yarns that I bought uh, when I when I did buy some yarn for myself uh, with a with a project in mind, um, I bought a skein of their St. Bridget's Flame yarn um, and I made my mom a pair of socks because my mom loves St. Bridget and St. Bridget is very special to her. So um, and I knew that as a knitter herself, she was quite interested in their yarn. So I was like, well, this is, you know, this is such a, a wonderful way all around. She can have yarn that she likes. I get to make a project that I like. I get to give her a gift. And as a knitter herself, she can sort of get a feel for the yarn and go, Oh, I'm going to buy, you know, what I'm going to yeah. buy from them as well. So I have benefits in many ways. <laughs> okay. Um, Eileen, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. If people want to find out more about your patterns or follow you in Instagram, how do they do that? Sure. Um, I have my patterns available on Ravelry Lovecrafts and I also have Payhip. Um, if you find me on Instagram, my uh, Instagram handle is Krichalawa, which is actually Irish for hand knitting. Um, that's C-N-I-O-T-A-I-L-L-A-I-M-H-E. Um, and I have a link in my bio that will take you to all of my different stores. Mm -hmm. um, and I also will donate a portion of all my pattern sales and my commissions to charity. Um, at least 10% of all sales. I have one pattern where 100% go to charity. The charity rotates from time to time. It's always a charity that's benefiting ALS motor neurons research or people living with the condition. Um, so you'll also sometimes find a link in my bio to the different charity that I'm supporting and some information on that as a way of raising awareness and, and giving back. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Why I Knit podcast. Please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe as it helps other people to learn more about the therapeutic benefits of knitting. If you'd like to find out more about my work, you can visit my website at therapeuticknitting.org. You can also follow me on Instagram at knittingistherapeutic. Thank you.